Well, kia ora, hello and welcome to the Coast Vineyard Podcast. Whether you're a regular or a first-time listener, it's so good to have you listening in. We hope and pray that wherever you may find yourself at today, that the message that you're about to hear would be helpful for your journey of faith. So without further ado, let's get into this week's message. We're going to carry on with our, uh, this is going to be the last one of our series, The Things We Do For Love. Hey, there's this, um, there's this TV show that I've just caught a few of them uh, that's, uh, I don't know, Netflix somewhere. It's called Alone. Anyone watched Alone? It's like, oh my goodness. It's just like, um, so these people have to go to these really unhospitable places uh, on their own the whole time. They set them up with cameras so that they can film themselves. And uh, it's, it, the winner is whoever lasts the longest. You know, and they just got to, I don't know, they catch lizards for lunch. I don't know. They, they, they build themselves a house and a little, little thing. And someone always managed to, to burn it down just when winter kicks in. And, and, uh, but, uh, but so many of them have, as that goes through the course of this thing, so many of them have this little cry into the camera and just saying like, I'm missing people so much. Alone, I'm missing people so much. Missing their friends, missing their family. Now, we are meant to be in relationship. We're made for it. And relationships can be beautiful, and relationships can be complicated. <laughs> so we're going to be finishing the series today, getting some wisdom on how to do relationships well. Um, but it's not just about how to do things. It's also hopefully been provoking us to think about like who we are, who we're becoming, who we want to be. What sort of person is God inviting us to be? Yeah, there's lots of ways of describing people. And one way that we can describe people, two types of people, they can be givers or takers. Givers or takers. Have you noticed that? And um, which, which type are you? Don't ask, answer that out loud. So, um, but how do you respond if someone says, hey, can I borrow your favorite jacket? How do we respond? What about, okay, let's go a bit harder. What about if they ask to borrow your chainsaw <laughs> or your fishing rod? Okay. When you see an appeal for, to give towards a good cause, is the question that comes to us, well, well, yeah, well why, why shouldn't I? Or is it, well, why should I? Do you hide your chocolates from your family? <laughs> yes, I do. But I have to, because my whole family does it. Everyone does it in our family. You know, the invitation from God is always to be cultivating a generous heart, you know, with our stuff, with our money, with our time, and with our relationships. The things we do for love. You know, if we are not cultivating generosity, then we are becoming a tight-fisted, selfish, me-focused which leads to an ugly heart. And I'll tell you, people with an ugly heart, they, relationships just don't work. People don't want to be around them. They push people away. 
They blow things up. An ugly heart will damage your relationships. But there's good news, okay? You're at church today, and you're going to get some wisdom. You're going to get some good things about relationships. It's going to be so into your heart. And uh, it's just so good. So good being around people that can got, you know, encourage us into the good things in life. Um, challenge us, guide us, encourage us, lead us into this abundant life that God has promised for us. So, um, so we're going to be talk about today about being generous in our relationships. Okay, I'm going to pray for us because uh, we're going to need it this morning. It's going to be some hard things this morning, okay? It's like, oh, everyone's going, oh, no. <laughs> God, we welcome you here. God, we, we come to you and we want to say yes to you. We want to say yes to the nudgings of your spirit, God. The, the, we want to say yes to, uh, to the invitations that you have for us into our best life. So soften our hearts, open our hearts. God, we say yes to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, I just want to say, too, that as your pastor, I want the best for you. I want the best for you. And, and sometimes there's a lot of people in life that also want the best for you, like your, your personal trainer. <laughs> but then sometimes, they, if you've got one, you know, or if you've ever had one, but then they get you to do hard things but they want the best for you. Or, or your GP. You know, that you, you go in and you see your GP and they'll ask you questions like, you know, are you, are you eating too much of this or are you exercising enough or are you doing this or whatever? And it's like, why are you so mean? <laughs> and, uh, but it's because they want the best for you. Okay, so, uh, and I want the best for you. So I want you to just take a little bit of a deep breath here today because we're going to get into some things. And um, it's, it's, it might be a little bit like, um, you, know when, you know when you get shot and you have to get the bullet dug out and there's no anesthetic. You know, you know, like, you know how that works. And you have to take your pistol out and bite down on the handle. That's what you want to do today. Right? I just need you to get your pistols out and bite down on the handle when it gets hard, okay? All right. All right, let's go. So generosity. There are a lot of people who are generous with their money. You know, a lot of people, um, a lot of people give 10% of their money to the church because that's what God's people do. We read in the scriptures. We read it through, see it throughout church history. There's some, a lot of people who are generous with their time. They, um, they give to the, serve at their church like we're inviting you to do. Serve at your church in a team or in the community. But there is plenty of people that aren't generous towards people. You know, they, they look around and they disdain people and they criticize people. And, you know, you, you don't give people the benefit of the doubt when things happen. You're not generous relationally. There's this, uh, this movie that's just come out on, I think it's Netflix, it's called A Man Called Otto. Anyone seen A Man Called Otto? Well, Otto is a grump. He is a grump. The whole way through the movie, everyone, everyone, he goes like, oh, what an idiot. They're an idiot. 
you know, they'll do something. Darren, idiot, there he is. Grumpy, grumpy <laughs> Tom Hanks being Mr. Grumpy. Otto. And uh, um, it was just like Jacinda and I, my wife Jacinda, we were, we were looking at this movie and, um, and it was thinking, gosh, he's, he's just such a grump. Anyway, the, the, the very next day, I heard about this thing that someone did straight out of my mouth. What an idiot. I'm like, oh, no. I heard myself say, I thought, oh, I felt the conviction of the Lord, you know, like, oh, Lord, forgive me. And then my prayer was, please help me not to grow up, not to get old like Otto (laughs) in my old age. But I tell you, that's a beautiful movie. It's a beautiful movie about the power of relationships and community and persevering with love even when it's not returned and just how that can just uh, change lives. Eh? It's a beautiful story about the things we do for love. I encourage you to watch it. You know, I was, um, I was, my dad's going through some health challenges at the moment and I was with them again in hospital on Wednesday and uh, just a bunch of things. You know, like sometimes things, you know, you'd hope sometimes that with the health service that everyone would just be like really onto it. And sometimes they're not. And we sort of got mucked around a bit and, and I was sort of with them. And, and we were in there for a lot of hours. And then sort of probably about mid, um, mid-evening, as things were really drawing out, um, the uh, nurse comes in and says, like, oh, the doctor wants to take some, um, some blood, to do some blood tests. And um, so she goes, like, um, gets the whatever, you know, Oh, sorry, missed. <laughs> it's like, oh, it seems to have rolled over that one. Like, sorry. <laughs> oh, it seemed to be having a hard day today. <laughs> she says, she leaves. She says, I'll just get someone else. Um, and they got a real nurse that came in. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they, were, they were both nurses. I actually did offer to, if they want some help at some stage. <laughs> I actually did. I said, like, I'll just watch a quick YouTube video and then I'll do it. Uh, they said no. But, um, but the next nurse comes in. Oh, it is hard to get today, isn't it? Like, and then the next one, they got some blood. And, um, but you know what? My, my dad, he just, he just kind of, you know, you could tell he was sort of wasn't comfortable, but he just didn't say anything. Um, just sort of gritted his teeth. And... Uh, and then afterwards, he thanked the nurses for looking after him. That's being generous in relationships, okay? But there's this particular part of relational generosity that we're going to have a little bit more of a dive into today, and it's something that must characterize all Christian believers. It just must. And it's like part two of last week in a lot of ways, because we're going to look at forgiveness again, because forgiveness is just so important. If you haven't uh, listened to the message that um, Rachel Ross uh, gave last week, it was just brilliant. And I'd really encourage you to do that. And we're kind of going into sort of this part two thing. We're doubling up on on forgiveness. And uh, look, you may feel that there are people out there that owe you because of how they've treated you. You know, and then you just sort of hold it over them or you hold it inside or you hold it against them. And that's not being generous. You need to release them. You need to let it go. You forgive. Like I say, this is one of the most important characteristics of Christians. And we're going to look a little bit about what Jesus teaches us. Luke 17. 
Um, really, it's just a masterclass in, in what it means to forgive. And we can't even really unpack the whole thing for the sake of time this morning. But he talks about how big it is and how to do it. So Luke 17 starts off and says this. So watch yourselves. So watch yourselves. That's like, that's a good line. Watch yourselves. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day. Imagine. And seven times come back to you saying, I repent. You must forgive them. Imagine. Imagine twice. Forgiveness is hard. Oh, and then it says, the apostles then said to the Lord, increase our faith because forgiveness is hard. You've wronged me seven times in a day. Forgive them every time. And the apostles are going like, basically saying, boy, increase our faith. They're basically saying like, we haven't got enough faith for that. We can't do that. We couldn't do that. Seven I won't go into it, but seven's an interesting number. It's basically saying, Jesus is saying, this is a big thing. If someone sins against you big time, you've got to forgive them. Disciples are saying it's impossible. Jesus is saying you have to do this because the implications of not forgiving are big. You remember how Jesus started this here? He says, he says, so watch yourselves. And that's not usually what we do, is it, when something happens to us. We, we look at the person that has wronged us and our focus is on them. But Jesus says, no, you watch yourself. You pay attention to your own heart here. This is, this is a moment that you need to watch yourselves. Hebrews 12, 15 says the same thing. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. You know, if you allow anger and, and bitterness to go unchecked and unresolved, it will hurt you. It will hurt you. It will harden your heart. It will affect your health. Like the psychologists tell us that, that it, you know, unforgiveness leads to anxiety, um, depression. Um, researchers, you know, they, they look at it from a physical point of view. They say that holding on to bitterness affects your metabolism, um, messes with your immune response, organ function, leads to physical disease. There's, there's an opening up to... Um, to Spiritual activity from the enemy that can really um, bring uh, hard stuff into your life. You know, the core, if you hold on to bitterness uh, and if you don't forgive, the core of who you are gets twisted. You lose your joy. You lose your ability to, to trust people. You become hard. So watch yourself. Watch yourself. High alert, watch yourself. Biting down on that gun, your handle. This is good stuff, but it's hard stuff, eh? So how do we forgive? How do we do this? The Bible teaches all the way through that, you know, because it talks so much about forgiveness, is that we have to do it before we feel it. We practice forgiveness before we feel the forgiveness. And many of us have had to do that. 
But let's see what Jesus, Jesus gives us these three things here. And I'm going to teach you a new word that I've, uh, I've just made up this week. So the first thing that he says, wisdom from Jesus in the Gospel of Luke, the first thing he says is don't monstify them. That's a brand new word. You've heard it here first. Don't monstify. You know what I'm meaning, no way. Don't turn people into a monster. Jesus is saying, no, you identify them. He's talking about your faith community here. He's talking about your brothers and sisters. He says, if your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. You know, if someone wrongs us, it's so easy for us to go straight away and, and label them. Label them. You, and you, you're this or you're that. You lied to me, therefore you're a liar. And in a way that it creates an us and them. You know, we're the good guys, you're the bad guys. You, you know, like, what a flipping muppet. They are, they are a bad person. But Jesus says, no, he's your, your brother, your sister. You need to remember that they're, they're part of our family, common family of believers. And uh, you might be thinking like, oh, this is actually not so bad because it just have to forgive our other Christians, but we don't have to forgive other people. No, 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 no. Let's. Jesus also teaches in Mark 11. He says, and when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them. Just in case you thought you'd got off the hook there. So, um, But we've got to start by remembering what we have in common. This is an author called Miroslav Volf. You may have heard of him. Very, very famous author. He's written a number of books, um, Christian author and theologian. And he's written this incredible book I read a few years back called Exclusion and Embrace. And uh, like amazing, amazing book. Um, but he says in this, this, like, listen up. This is one of those things like, okay, if you're falling asleep, wake back up again. This is a good one. He says, forgiveness flounders when I exclude the enemy from the community of humans and I exclude myself from the community of sinners. Forgiveness flounders when I exclude the enemy from the community of humans and I exclude myself from the community of sinners. You know, there's two ways. He's basically saying there's two ways you've got to remind yourself that, you know, we're not that much different to the person who's wronged us. And he says, remind yourself that you're both sinners. Don't exclude yourself from the community of sinners. You know, Tim Keller, he's a pastor and an author from New York. He's just passed away this year. Just a wonderful uh, author and, and pastor. And uh, I was guided a lot by Tim Keller in this, for this message. But he said this, it's, it's impossible to stay angry with somebody unless you feel a little superior to them. You could do what they did. Maybe not exactly the same, but probably similar. Remind yourself that you're both sinners. And then remind yourself you're both human beings. You know, Volf says, like, you want to remove the wrongdoer from the community of humans. But the Bible says that every one of us is made in the image of God. And I know that's like a, a, a difficult concept to get your head around. And, and, uh, and theologians, you know, have all sorts of different views about what that mean, means. But 
But every person is a, is a rich and complex being. Every person has dignity and worth. And we just want to reduce them to that thing that they've done. You know, see that person? Like, they're a liar. We label them based on what they did, and we reduce them just to that. But, but when we get caught in a lie, we go, oh, yeah, it was, it was wrong, but like... But it's complicated. You know, it's, it's, there were these other things that was happening and like, yeah, I shouldn't have done it, but this and that. You know, we're complicated. Life's complicated. But like, but that person's a liar. You know, you're excluding the person from the community of, of humans. And you exclude yourself from the community of sinners. And we need to stop it. We need to bring ourselves down and bring that person up. We're the same. So don't monstify people. Second thing, and this is really the, the, the heart of this, this thing. And again, hard things, you know, that we're, we're looking into here. But this is, you know, this is the heart of forgiving, forgiving is that we surrender our right to payment. Surrender our right to payment. And we pay the debt ourselves. Let me unpack this. The word Jesus uses in this passage for forgive, it's the same word, it's a Greek word. It's the same word that means to release someone from a financial debt. Even the origins of our own English word forgive, if you look back at the uh, uh, etymology of the word forgive, it's, it's around... It is to give, to give away, to release. Like if you lend someone $1,000, no, actually, we'll change that. If you lend me $1,000 and, um, and then at some point um, I'm just saying like, hey, like, you know, I'm not sure when I can give you that back and, and you decide to forgive the debt, who pays? You pay. Who loaned the money? It's not that like there's no payment. It costs you to forgive. It costs you to forgive. I remember years ago when I was a poor student and uh, uh, I was going, uh, going out to a church and uh, there's a guy who's a bit older than me, guy uh, Jeff Newell, great guy, and um, he, uh, he lent me his bass guitar. Beautiful bass guitar, beautiful white bass guitar, you know, beautiful lacquered finish, and um, and playing away. And as sometimes happens for those of you that know, with guitars, like the strap un unclipped, eh? And sometimes you catch it, but not that time. Boing off the ground. Anyway, this massive chunk of the white lacquer um, just came off this guitar, and I'm looking at it and going like, oh no. Um, I'm thinking like, bro, I am broke. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. This looks expensive. Um, but someone needs to pay for it. And Jeff just smiled and says, oh, it's okay, like, uh, I'll, I'll sort it out. Anyway, two weeks later, it comes back, and it's looking, like, brand, brand new. And I'm like, uh, you know, what do I need to do? And, uh, and he just said, no, nothing, nothing. He said, would you like to borrow it again? 
And, um, you know, but he forgave my debt. I wrecked his guitar, he, you know, and, um, but that doesn't mean that no payment gets made, has to get made. Someone has to pay. And Jeff, he absorbed the payment from the damage that I'd caused. But the payment's there. Either I pay it or he pays it. You know, you, listen, listen to this. You, you can only forgive if inwardly you let go of that demand for repayment. You know, most wrongs that, that happen to us are not financial. Um, the things that people do that rob you of your happiness or they rob you of your reputation or rob you of opportunity, rob you of joy. And so we want them to be robbed of joy. We want, you know, we, and we can make people way, people, we can make people pay in three ways. We can go at them, you know, we can go like, Telling them off, giving them both barrels, you're just a steaming pile of, you know, like, you know, or you, or you can kind of give them that cold shoulder, just making them feel bad, you know, directly. And um, another, another way we can make people pay is we can go to other people and tell about what they've done and ruin their reputation. Or the third thing, we can just inwardly want bad things to happen to them. And when we hear bad things happen to them, we kind of inwardly go, yes. Yes, do a little victory dance on the inside. But I'll tell you this, like every time you celebrate bad things happening to another person, there is something in you that just becomes more twisted. It's the reality. That's not who we want to be. You know, you feel like, oh, the debt's being paid. And you might be getting some sort of short-term satisfaction. It's like, yeah. But in the long run, you're allowing evil into your soul, and it will suck out your joy and your peace in your, in your life. You know, Tim Keller, like I was listening to a podcast again by Tim Keller. He was talking about a guy, Dan Henderson, who wrote a book, and I tried to find it, and I couldn't find it, but Tim Keller talked about it on a podcast. Um, and this guy... Um, Dan, he talked about those three things, same three things. You know, you can go at them, or you can tell others about them, or you can just inwardly just want bad things to happen to them. Um, and, uh, and this guy, Dan, was talked about how hard it is not to do those things, you know, because you want payment. And it costs us if we're going to be generous towards people. Dan Henderson says this, Once upon a time I was engaged to a young woman who changed her mind. I forgave her, but in small sums over a year. Done whenever I spoke to her and refrained from rehashing the past. Done whenever I renounced jealousy or pity when seeing her with another man. Done when I praised her to others when I want to slice away at her reputation. Those were the payments, but she never saw them. And every time he refuses to get repayment, he was giving, and it hurt because it was generous. You know, if you practice forgiveness, it's hard. But in the long run, it's freedom. It's freedom. Third thing that Jesus says is uh, rebuke them. 
you might be thinking, like, Matt, do we just like, let people just do whatever they like and even though they do bad things, do we never confront them? No, not at all. What Jesus says, if your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. And you're like going, yes, finally. <laughs> we get to rebuke them. Like, I got some people I want to rebuke. <laughs> Give them a good rebuking. I'm going to go after here. I'm going to go rebuke the heck out of someone. <laughs> like, yeah. But like, there's this parallel passage to this in Matthew 18. Again, where Jesus says, and he says, if your brother sins, go and show him his fault when the two of you are alone. If he listens to you, you have regained your brother. That's the goal of rebuking. Not to smash them. To win them back. Some people read the verse in Luke and that says, rebuke them and if they repent, forgive them. And they think like, oh, so if I rebuke them and they don't repent, then again, I'm off the hook. I don't have to forgive them. It's like, well, no. No. If you haven't inwardly forgiven them when you rebuke them, then why, why are you going? Like the, the goal of rebuking someone is to, is to win them back, is to help them to see their... their that what they're doing is not, is not helpful, is not good. To wake them up, help them see things so they don't do them in the future. But if you're going to just tell them off to make you feel better, then that's not like, that's not like a justice thing, that's vengeance. And vengeance does bad things for you. And then they won't, they'll know, they won't respond well, it's just going to make things worse. You must want the good of the offender if you're going to be rebuking someone. I remember, I might have said this before, um, a few years back, I was reading um, the great Sermon on the Mount that uh, Stanley referred to earlier today, talking about um, uh, praying for your enemies, praying for your enemies. And uh, it says, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. I'll be like, I don't really have anyone that persecutes me. I ain't got any enemies. And there's this one guy, I don't think he's my enemy. So I'll, I'll, just, I'll just pray for him anyway. I started to pray for him and I realized I, I did not want God to bless, them, to bless them. I did not want good things for this person. I think, oh no, my heart is not right. And I had to go on this journey and it took months where I turned towards, I want to get to a place where my heart is right with this, with this person. And eventually, you know, um, I, I knew I got free of it, but it took that long. The rest of this um, Luke 17, where it goes on, it actually talks about the heart of, um, of why we should forgive. It really just talks about like how if we, it's so easy for us to see our lives like, like we're the king and we get to do whatever we like. But it goes to talk about like, well, no, we need to understand that because of what God has done for us, we need to do what, the, what Jesus, the King, invites us to. But we won't go into that now because I want to just talk about something else um, just as we finish up. Just looking at real life. Because like, you kind of think, okay, this is, this is good, talking about for, forgiveness. Um, learning to be people who forgive, it's a mark of maturity. It's... You know, it's, it's about being spiritually formed, reflecting more and more the heart of God. And we want to be those kind of people, don't we? We want to be those people that become more and more like God. 
you know, kind and loving and wise and, and, and generous. But I, wanna, I just want to finish with the words of, uh, of Joseph Hallerman, um, New Testament uh, professor from Los Angeles. And he's just written this inspiring book, When the Church Was a Family. I know that through the series, we've been dipping in and out of that. It's a fantastic book, and I'm going to read it. And I, I need glasses to read. So if you haven't seen me with glasses on before, it's your lucky day. Um, so um, I just... As my eyes have got worse for preaching, I just got the font bigger and bigger and bigger. So now there's about four words per page, but it, 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 it works for me. Um, but like, I'm going to read this, and, and it's going to go up on the screen as well. And like, this is, this is really rich, okay? But it's really challenging, okay? So just get, get your gun out, bite down on hard, and have a listen, listen to this. Remember, this is about the things we do for love. This is about relationships and community. Okay. Spiritual formation occurs primarily in the context of community. People who remain connected with their brothers and sisters in the local church almost invariably grow in self-understanding and they mature in their ability to relate in healthy ways to God and to their fellow human beings. Good stuff, eh? This is especially the case for those courageous Christians who stick it out through the often messy process of interpersonal discord and conflict resolution. Long-term interpersonal relationships are the crucible of genuine progress in the Christian life. People who stay also grow. People who leave do not grow. We all know people who are consumed with spiritual wanderlust, but we never get to know them very well because they cannot seem to stay put. They move along from church to church, ever searching for a congregation that will better satisfy their felt needs. Like trees repeatedly transplanted from soil to soil, these spiritual nomads fail to put down roots and seldom experience lasting and fruitful growth in their Christian lives. Then there are those who leave to avoid working through uncomfortable or painful relations with others in the church family. Or you could say they, they're not willing to forgive. Running away does not provide, oh, does, sorry, running away does provide immediate relief from the awkwardness of a hurtful relationship. It is the easy way out in the short term, and there are legitimate reasons to leave a local church, but people who leave to escape the hard work of conflict resolution are often destined to repeat the cycle of relational dysfunction with another person in another church somewhere else in town. It is a simple but profound biblical reality, and hear this, that we both grow and thrive together or we do not grow much at all. Why do you continue foolishly to operate as if our immediate, own immediate happiness is of greater value than the redemptive relationships God has placed us in? Challenging, eh? But this is the reality. Like we just to sum up this whole series of things we do for love, there is richness for who we are becoming, for who we can become by choosing to to stay connected, and then when the inevitable challenges come along, when you, you, know, you rub up against someone and, it, and it's hard to do the work of staying 
and resolving and reconciling. You know, Kellerman finished his book saying that early Christians turned the world upside down. When the church was a family, the church was on fire. I, I'm, just, I'm just so grateful for all of you, you know, our church family. And, and uh, so church, as we finish the series today, can I ask of you, let's resolve to be God's people who do the things for love, who are generous, who forgive, who stay, and who grow up together. Yes. Amen. Amen. All right, let's just take a moment. Catch our breath. Put your guns back in the holster. on the back of a message like this to say like who is it that you need to resolve with what I feel the Lord saying to me is that like um, there are people here as, as I've shared this message um, it's reminded you of how you have gone done have done the hard work of keeping relationship and it's cost you and a lot of that's been unseen you know people haven't even seen it and the Lord's word to you today is well done like, and I and I you know who you are. Like, well done. Like, you know, you might even be thinking, like, was that worth it, man? That was just so hard. I just gave so much of myself. The Lord's word is well done. Why don't we stand together and we'll, we'll pray. If we just stand as we close, if you're able. God, in this moment, we... take a deep breath and on the one hand we recognize that relationships are so good and on the other hand relationships can be so challenging Holy Spirit we welcome you welcome you to plant in our heart fresh resolve to be people who stay and work things out If, if you are remembering, if this message and you've been remembering, like I did that hard work, I did that hard work and I did have to, it did cost me, I did the hard work to forgive and to reconcile. If that's you, just where you are, can I just, I just want to pray for you and I just encourage you to just have a posture of receiving. I just see some of you, you know, going into to family members and and um, and being pushed away, but eventually the words that were you you gave sunk in, and it brought good things. But that pushing away was hard. And God, I just pray by Your Spirit, minister to those bruised bruised parts of people's souls. Just minister to them.
see some mums that have been working hard with their, their adult kids to bring, to repair things. And again, the word of the Lord will be just continue to, to sow and continue to pray. And the Lord is faithful. You will reap as you sow. God, pray. Holy Spirit, just minister to those, those, the hearts that, uh, that have experienced the bruising and the wounds of, of tough relationships as they have tried to do the right thing. much for joining us for today's message we hope and pray that it's been most helpful if you are keen to find out a little bit more about us as a church whanau or you'd like to touch base then you can go to coast.org.nz and there you'll find information about our in-person services online services various resources and activities enjoy the day and be blessed